Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's turn this shit up. All right, so I've had a few people say, hey man, why is your podcast so low? Hey, your podcast is sounding so low. I don't want it to sound so low, so I'm going to turn it up to six. Now, usually I'm at a four, four and a half, because that seemed to be the volume that everybody liked, but no. Let's crank it up to six, and let's see if this sounds any better. All right. Oh, also, uh, let's talk about spells and magics and shit. But first, as always, let's do shout-outs. That's right, shout-outs going out to the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. Join there. Hey, patrons, I didn't get the paranormal field trip that I wanted to get done for you guys for this weekend. And I felt terrible because I was like, I promised. Oh, you guys are going to have something good. And, you know, life sucks, and there's just too much shit going on now. But to make up for it, I got a letter, not a letter, I got a package in the mail. I initially thought it was something that I had ordered off eBay. So it was a big box. I was like, ooh, sweet, big box. That means something fun. Because I had bought a few things off eBay. Open up the uh, package. Oh, I should have. That's right. I think I can read it. I'll open up the package, the box. And inside, it's a heavy fucking big box. And inside is a very, very, very well-wrapped thing. Rectangle. I'll just put it that way, a rectangle. And on top of it was a letter that says, To Kurt, spelled with a K. But I'm not going to hold that against the listener, because obviously, I'm assuming they're a listener, because they found me somehow. And I mean, really found me. They they mailed it to my home address, which that part I wasn't too crazy about. Please don't mail stuff to my house. I've got a I've got a very cool PO box that I don't really ever talk about. Um, I'll get that to you. I'll add that on. Uh, I'll send it out. But uh, you, you don't have to send stuff to my house if you can. Like if you're internet sleuth and you find my address, don't just don't. But anyhow, this I've already got this one. So anyhow, so there's a big box. Open up the big box. Bunch of packing peanuts and this rectangle that's completely taped up and wrapped and a little letter on top and a letter is in cursive. So forgive me. I had someone, I actually had the patrons. Oh, actually, you know what? I can go to that post in Patreon because I had a patrons and, and some fans actually uh, helped me out with a few of the words that I couldn't read. I can read cursive. Don't get me wrong. I can read cursive, but there was a few words that it wasn't the clearest writing. So I was like, I don't know what this scene, what this says. Can someone help me? Sure enough, they did. So anyhow, the letter says, Dear Kurt, we found this under the dirt basement of a flooded farmhouse. As soon as it was unearthed, strange things started happening, including sounds, things moved, smells, and finally, a fire. I hope you will know what to do with it. Signed, L. And I was like, I don't know what to do with it. First of all, I can tell you right now, I don't know what to do with it. So I don't know what to do with it. But 
I'm intrigued. And I said, well, you know what? I, I, I owe the patrons something. I owe patrons everything. Don't Not something. I owe patrons everything. But I figured, why not do something for the patrons? Why not do an unboxing of this thing, this thing that was unearthed in a dirt basement of a flooded farmhouse that seems like it's a haunted object of some kind that, again, is heavy as fuck. But I figured, why don't we do this? So I told the patrons, I'm like, hey, how about this Saturday, 2 p.m., I'm going to send out a link to just the patrons, and we'll do a live unboxing of this thing. In fact, uh, Todd Jamie Hendrickson that you guys hear about, Todd and Jamie that you guys hear about with Elijah uh, on past episodes, I invited them along because I figured, you know, why blow up by myself? Why not take them out with me? You know, if this thing is a bomb, let's take everybody out. Uh, no, no. So I figured, you know, they get a kick out of it. And they were like, yeah, we'll come by. And in, and I think they're both very smart people. And there might be something that they see in this box that I don't see or they can identify that I can't identify. So I figured, why not share the fun? But I definitely want to share it with the patrons. So anyhow, patrons... This Saturday, what is it, the 20, 21st? Yes, this Saturday, May 21st, 2 p.m. Pacific time. The link is on patreon.com and, you know, log in, you'll see the post about it. I will do a live unboxing of something found in a farmhouse that seems spooky as shit. Should be interesting. Or it might be nothing. I don't know. I don't know what's in the box. As much as I want to open it, I've not opened it. What I did do, though, <laughs> what I did do was I put it outside. I put it in the backyard today because this morning I woke up and my kitchen sink was clogged, had black water in it. It was, you know, wasn't draining. So it's like, oh, come on. I didn't even open. I didn't even unearth this thing. I have nothing to do with it. Why don't mess with my plumbing? So right now it's sitting outside in the backyard because you want it to be a little bit far away from me. But uh, yeah, we'll be unboxing it on Saturday. All right, so here we go. Shout outs to the patrons. Shout outs to Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Tamara, Tamara, Tamara. I don't know how to say your name. Um, is it Tamara? Is it Tamara? Is it Tamara? Because Steph tried to help me with it and she said, oh, I don't know. I just call her daddy and that doesn't help me. Amber, Gary, Tracy, Matthew, Sandy, Kelly, Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomic. Wait, I want to do that one better. Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomic. Sandy Page, Kosh, Sean, Andrew, Scott, Andrea, Devin, Melody, Ricardo, Vicky, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Michael, Terminal Animal, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties. Elizabeth, Voidtick, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, Ian, Jen, Alexandra, George, Connie, Seth, Jason, Cindy, Kim, Ashley, what's that? Carrie, Ezram, Robin, Will, Lauren and Phil, Mangano, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Aloha to the Sean Bishop, Stacy, Paula, Jerry, Leo, Scoston, Lindsay, Han, Mega, Matt, Megan, Matt, Amy, Jeff, T, hey buddy, miss you, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, the Lawrence Strong, hey howdy, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Martin, Jade, Nanashim, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson. I was just talking about them. Dan, Laura Pitts, and Gamer Fan. With two special shout-outs, as always, to Joe Teague and Stitch Forever. Speaking of Stitch Forever, I got my Stitch Forever t-shirt, uh, finally. I had ordered it as well. Um, you can head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash paranormal almanac for a ton 
of Paranormal Almanac shirts, including the newest 200th episode shirt, which I, can I do it live? Let's see. I did it live the other week and let's see if I can do it live this time. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I, there's also like a couple of new shirts that were just uploaded anyway, but those are the regular shirts. I'm talking about these limited edition shirts. These limited edition 200th episode shirts are only going to be available through the 200th episode. And then I'll tell everybody they're gone and then they'll be gone. Yes, here we go. So the new shirt is being uploaded. The new 200th episode shirt is being uploaded right now. It's called the Devil Girl, Devil Girl shirt. Devil Girl shirt. I uh, hope you guys like this one. I thought it was a kind of a cool one. I might buy this one as well because, frankly, I'm buying all of my merch, uh, and I don't care. I, I like wearing my merch. Paranormal Almanac. There we go. That shirt is live. So, again, if you want to find out when I'm doing these episodes, well, you can find out because I just uploaded the shirt now. All right, with that, let's get right on in. Yeah, should we get in right in? Yeah, let's get right on in to Paranormal News. Paranormal News. Yes, that's right. Paranormal news indeed. The first story in paranormal news. Uh, why won't it load? There we go. Key lawmakers warn at UFO hearings unidentified aerial phenomena are potential national security threat. It's uh, There's a whole lot in the news about this hearing that happened on Tuesday about unidentified aerial phenomena. You can actually watch the hearing, the live hearing. You can watch a recording of the live hearing on YouTube. I, it amazes me. They're talking about UFOs. They're saying, everybody in there is saying, hey, I'm an expert. I'm from the military. I'm from blah, blah, blah. Lawmakers, intelligence, military, CIA, everybody. They were like, this is incredible. We don't know what these things are. Look at this thing. It does stuff that we have no idea what it possibly could be. But they make it so flipping boring. I'm like, you guys are talking about the biggest story possibly ever. And I'm bored. But the thing to remember is, these things are real. The military, the government, they are talking about it, and they're saying they don't know what they are, not have, have a clue as to what they are. And, uh, yeah, it's it's the next step in disclosure. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It is the next big step in disclosure. All right, up next in paranormal news, legend the Bigfoot announced his official mascot of World Athletics Championship in Oregon. The local organizing committee for the World Athletics Championship, Oregon 22, is excited to announce Legend the Bigfoot as the official mascot for this summer's event. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm just going to cruise through these because i got a lot to get to. Um, up next in Paranormal News, what's next for the UFO studies after this landmark congressional hearing? As you know, as I just said, Tuesday was the first open congressional hearing about UFOs in more than 50 years. Open. Although they did do some stuff behind the scenes that were was classified, but 99% of it open. They said the congressional hearing focused on unidentified flying objects 
has drawn mixed reviews. Eagerly awaited by many, it was the first open congressional hearing on UAPs, as they've been recently been rebranded, in more than a half century. Congressman Andre Andre Carson, Andre Carson, chairman of the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation Subcommittee, kicked off Tuesday's hearing by noting that more than 50 years ago, the U.S. government ended Project Blue Book. Now, you all know what that is. For more than 20 years, that project had treated unidentified anomalies in our airspace as a national security threat to be monitored and investigated. Then, in 2017, it was revealed for the first time that the U.S. Department of Defense had quietly restarted a similar, similar organization tracking what we now call UAPs. Last year, Congress rewrote the charter for that organization, which is now called the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, or AOMSK for short. Tuesday, or yeah, tu- yeah Tuesday, uh, Tuesday will bring that organization out of the shadows. This hearing and our oversight work has a simple idea as its core. Unidentified aerial phenomena are a potential national security threat, and they need to be treated that way. But what's next? They had lots of witnesses. They had lots of footage. They showed more footage. I was excited about that. But what's next? Well, that it doesn't. This news article definitely doesn't answer it. But that's the big question. Now, what do we do? Is it going to stay open, or is it going to? Are they going to say it's? Oh yeah, no, it's all out in the open. But secretly, they're still having all these meetings. Kurt here. The answer is probably that one. And with that, let's get to the next story in Paranormal News. Legendary Bigfoot Festival returns after two years. This one comes out of Greenville, South Carolina. The legendary Western North Carolina Bigfoot Festival is back after a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. The event kicked off this Friday, May 13th. Oh, that was last week. Damn it. With a Bigfoot educational expo at the Marion Community Building. Yeah, that's uh, I'm bummed that it, I thought it was this weekend, not last, but... Uh, You missed it. So if you wanted to go to it, well, guess what? You can't go to it, neither can I, because it's in the past, and I cannot time travel yet. Up next in paranormal news, Pentagon now reports about 400 UFO encounters. We want to know what's out there. Officials are reasonably sure pyramid-shaped objects in one video might be drones. That's interesting, because I don't know of a pyramid-shaped drone that can do what it did, but interesting. Top Pentagon officials told the House panel on Tuesday that there are now close to 400 reports from military personnel of possible encounters with UFOs, a significant increase from the 144 tracked last year. That's all you need to know about that one. I'm not going to get too deep into it. 400 compared to 144 the year before. Things are moving in the right direction, and I love it. Up next in Paranormal News. Haunted Castle of Spite back on the market? A historic country house called Carbisdale Castle is back up for sale for offers over 1.2 million pounds. The early 20th century property in Sutherland is built for a duchess, was built for a duchess, actually still could be, as part of a settlement in a bitter feud with her late husband's family. It's the third time in six years the castle has been offered for sale and follows former plans to turn it into a hotel. Carbisdale, Carbisdale, I don't know. I'm probably saying it wrong. You don't have to tell me. Here, here's another fun thing. If, if I say something wrong, like a town or, or a person's name, it's fine. You can let it go. You don't have to tell me every time I get it wrong. I know I'm getting it wrong. That's why I said probably going to get this wrong. But it looks like it's pronounced Carbisdale, uh, which for about 60 years was run as a youth hostel, is said to be haunted by a ghost called Betty. 
It's a country house built for a duchess embroiled in a feud with her in-laws and said to be haunted by a ghost called Betty. It's back on sale. The third time in six years, Carbisdale Castle near Ardgay in Sutherland has been on the market. The 19-bedroom, B-listed, early 20th century clifftop property is available for offers over 1.2 million pounds. So if anybody has 1.21 million pounds to lend me, I will do all episodes from a castle that's haunted by some girl named Betty, and you all can visit me. How's that sound? See, that's a, that's a good deal, right? Over the years, it's been a wartime sanctuary for members of the Norwegian royal family and a youth hostel. There have been recent plans to turn it into a hotel. There's more recent plans to turn it into the headquarters of Paranormal Almanac if some person pays for it. Uh, Carbisdale became known as the Castle of Spite because of its original residents' bitter dispute with their husband's family. Mary Carolyn, the Duchess of Sutherland, was the second wife of George Sutherland Leaveson Gower, the third Duke of Sutherland. The Duchess, the widow of an army officer who had been killed in a hunting accident, mm, likely story, was not well liked by the Duke's family. When the Duke later died, the Duchess' inheritance was contested by her stepson. She was even jailed for six weeks in London's Holloway Prison after being accused of destroying documents linked to the will. The dispute was eventually settled with the Duke of Sutherland's family agreeing to build the Duchess a new home, provided it was outside the boundaries of the Duke's Sutherland estate. The Duchess selected a hillside plot to close to and visible from the estate. Its clock tower only has three faces, with the side facing Sutherland's estate blank because the Duchess did not want to give her former in-laws the time of day. Fuck yeah, I like her. During Way to go, Betty. During World War II... Carbisdale was under a different ownership. King Hakon IV of Norway and Crown Prince Olaf were given sanctuary at the castle during the Nazi occupation of Norway. An agreement was also signed at Carbisdale that required Russian troops who had captured Norwegian villages while fighting German soldiers to withdraw from Norway at the end of the war. For about 60 years from 1945, the property was run as a youth hostel. Betty was said to be well-known among people who stayed at the hostel. The Scottish Youth Hostel Association even dubbed one of her top floors, one of the top floor bedrooms as the spook room because of claims it was haunted. Betty was said to appear dressed in white in various parts of the property. Hell yeah, I want to. You guys got to see a photo. I'll put it up on the, the, the page. Wow, there's gorgeous. Every part of this thing is beautiful. All right, I need 1.2 million pounds. Don't worry. This episode might help me get there. You'll see what I mean. Or if 1.2 million people listen to this episode, you all donate $1 to, I don't know, like a PayPal or, a, you know, you do a GoFundMe or something. We could buy this freaking castle, make it the headquarters. I'll live there. I'll do the episodes out of there. And like I said, you guys can, whenever you're in town, you can stay at the castle. Come on. That's a good deal all around. Already up next in paranormal news, final story in paranormal news. The truth is here. Oh, never mind. It won't. It says I got to pay to read it. Well, guess what? When that happens, I do not pay. That's it for Paranormal News. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac. We are back. Hey, I figured... Let's do something I haven't done in any of the 200 plus actual episodes that have been released so far of Paranormal Almanac. I figured, let's talk about magic or spells that you could do today. No results guaranteed, not my fault, get yourself a demon. But are there any spells or magic incantations that the normal listener 
or me, look, anything we can do to improve our lives that actually, you know, without having to actually, you know, work harder or do more stuff. This is what I want to know. Are there any spells or magic incantations that can help? I'll say us, but really me get stuff because, you know, like with Ouija boards, nothing bad can ever happen from half-assing your way through the spirit realm and nothing says, give me more money like trying random spells you hear on a free podcast. That's right. If you try one of these random spells, you too could be rich or healthy or happy or in love. Legal disclaimer, if you try one of the money spells, you get rich, you are legally obligated to give Kurt some of the money or he will send Zozo to your house. Zozo. So, I thought this would be a fun episode. I want, I like, I've been, I've been more in the mood for fun episodes lately and I figured this is a fun episode, but... While outlining this episode, I had to figure out what are the big things that everyone would ask for. Here's what I came up with. Love. You know, that's a gimme. How do I get insert hot random actress to fall in love with me, in my case? Money. How do I get money to afford a house, cars, nice things, and that random actress from the first spell? Youth. Who doesn't want to be younger, healthier, just an all-around better person? Who doesn't want to outlive the creeps and powers that are taking away our rights as we speak, huh? And finally, bringing back loved ones that have passed. And I mean it in the nice, hey, I'm so glad I get to hang out with you, eh? Not in the, great, now I got to go kill grandma, zombie, whatever, you know? I don't want to kill zombie grandmas. I just want to hang out with my friends again that have passed away. Is that too much to ask for? So, is it possible? Has anyone gotten rich or made someone fall in love with them from a spell they did at home? Not that I could find. But there's a lot of people online that say, yes, if you do this spell, you will get, you know, X result, whatever the result that you're, you know, shooting for is. And they're very quote unquote easy spells. You'll see what I mean in a minute. But if that was the case, you would think there would be like, hey, here's this spell that you can do to be to get rich. And then the next 30 comments would be like, holy shit, I am now a billionaire Thank you, signed Elon Musk or some other billionaire fuckwad that isn't doing good things with his money. You know what I mean? Like, there should be results. That's what I'm looking for, a little bit of a scientific result. So maybe you guys can do some of these. Get the results, the desired results, not like the opposites, but the desired results. And then, you know, now we can say, hey, I've got... There were 10,000 people that tried these from this episode... 9,000 are now millionaires and the other thousand are all weird perverts that made people fall in love with them. You know, like I want the results. I want the scientific data. So let's start with money because I know the whole saying like, you know, money can't buy everything, but let's be honest. If you have enough money, you can pretty much get everything. You know, I don't come on. But the first thing I learned about home spells especially with the money spells are, it's a lot of work. It is not just write something down and boom, you get it the next day. Now there's like upkeep. There's things you have to do again and again. There's thoughts you have to say, how you say it, you know, the, the, the mindset. The other thing that I learned is just that it's the mindset. 
when doing the spell, you have to really, really be in the right mindset and be very specific because like some dickhead genie in a bottle kind of a thing, if you aren't very specific, yeah, you might get what you want, but at a cost. Like, for example, uh, you know, I want to be rich, but I don't say how I want to be rich. And the next thing you know, boom, your entire family dies and leaves you the inheritance and all the taxes and the BS that comes from it. So, yeah, you know, you got rich, but not the way that you wanted. You know, I just wanted to win the lotto. I didn't want to kill off my entire family, you know, but it's, it's like, you know, that kind of BS. So be very specific. The first lesson I said, there's a lot of work. Second lesson, be very specific and be in the right mindset. Also, another thing I found in pretty much anybody who says they're an expert at this, and I don't know how you prove you're an expert in this unless you're, you know, rich and have a billion people in love with you. Uh, be very calm and think logically. Now, again, you want to keep a clear head, kind of like meditating almost, because too many emotions or random thoughts can affect the spell. So the easiest spell, let's start with that one. It starts with a vigil light. I didn't know what a vigil light was, I'll admit it. I was like, I, I don't know what the hell a vigil light is. Well, they're the big, tall candles in glass. You know, like, um, if you ever got into like a, a Latin market or Hispanic market, you'll see these big, tall candles in glass, usually with like the, you know, um, Madonna or, or Virgin Mary or something on them, but you can find them in all different colors. So the first thing you want to do is you want to get a vigil light. If you can find a green one, that's ideal, but if not, just get a white one. Then you use a chant called Trinka 5, and it goes like this. Trinka 5, Trinka 5, ancient spirits come alive. Money flow and money thrive, spirits of the Trinka Five. That's a very, like, um, Madame Leota Haunted Mansion kind of a thing. I like it. Now, there are variations of this where some say you need to hold three coins in your dominant hand while chanting that Trinka Five, Trinka Five, ancient spirits come alive, money flow and money thrive, spirits of the Trinka Five. Others, other ones say, though, that you have to just rub your hands together quickly while chanting. So you got to get the candle, light the candle, trinket five, trinket five, ancient spirits come alive, money flow, money five, money thrive, spirits of the trinket five. Ooh, and that's very important. You can't mess it up. If you do, start the whole fucking thing over. But some say rub your hands together while chanting. Some say hold three coins in your dominant hand while chanting. Now you have to leave this candle lit in a place you see daily. So I figure the easiest way for you to remember this is, I recommend that you put the candle next to the signed eight by tens you all have of me that are in your paranormal almanac shrines at home. I assume you all have constructed your, re your required paranormal almanac shrine and have printed out an eight by 10 with either my picture, it could be Stitch's picture, it could be Rum's picture, but you know, or all three, put the candle next to that. Then when you walk by it, think or say, trink of five, trink of five, trink of five. Now, Kurt here, I don't like leaving candles lit 
for days because it's it says until it burns out. Those are big freaking candles. Those things are going to be burning for days, and I don't want you to burn your house down. So there are other ones that you'll hear in a little bit where they say you don't have to keep it lit the whole time. Just, you know, blow it out every time you leave the room or whenever you don't feel comfortable with having a burning candle in your house. But for the most part, you're still going to have to do it until it burns down to nothing. Alrighty, so that is the Trinka 5 light spell. Now, here's a more in-depth Trinka 5 spell. For this one, you're going to need a jar with a lid, rice, preferably not minute rice, three pennies or coins, olive oil, paper and pen, a bowl or a dish, water. Okay, get all those items. Gather them all together. Close your eyes and relax your body. Take a deep, slow breath. Hold and slowly release. Do this several times until you feel calm and centered. On the paper, write your full name and the dollar amount you are manifesting. Press a dab of olive oil on the paper. This is to enhance the energy of prosperity and abundance. Next, fold the paper three times towards you, imagining the dollar amount coming into your hands. Next, Place the paper in the bottom of the jar. I'm going to stop doing that voice. That's annoying the fuck out of me. Uh, place, the, uh, place the paper in the bottom of a jar. Hold the three coins in your hand and blow on them. As you do, say, money flow, money grow. That's money flow, money grow. Place the coins in the jar. Wait, how do you do that while you're blowing on them? Hold on. Do I have coins here? I do have coins here. Hold on. All right. Grab three coins. All right. All right, three coins. Hold the coins in my hand. Honey flow, money grow. Now, you can't blow on them and say it. I'm sorry. Um, unless you just say it in a very breathy way. But that's what it says to do. Step four. Rice, which is a powerful, magical ingredient, is used for increasing wealth and prosperity. Fill the jar about halfway full with rice and then secure the lid. Continue with the Trink of Five ritual steps. That's the Trink of Five, Trink of Five, Ancient Spirits Come Alive, Money Flow, and Money Thrive. Spirits of the Trink of Five, if in case you've already forgotten. Now, you want to work this spell for seven consecutive days. Why? Well, seven is a powerful, magical number and considered to be very lucky. Only according to this spell, because later on you're going to hear it's eight, but that's okay for this one. Then, gently shake your money jar seven times. Yeah, that's right, baby. Shake that money jar seven times. Then hold it in your hand. Oh, maybe that's what this spell does. Are you, are you, is it a euphemism? Are you really shaking that ass seven times and then guys are going to make it rain? Could be. Let's find out. Shake your money jar seven times. Hold it in your hands and recite the Trink of Five chant again. Trink of Five, Trink of Five, ain't spirits come alive. Money flow, money grow. Spirits of the Trink of Five. Is it the same one? No. This one is different. Ooh, interesting. This one says money flow, money grow, spirits of the Trinka Five. Interesting. Now, as you do, again, picture the dollar amount you need in your hands. Place your money jar in the bowl and pour just a bit of water into the bowl. It said, spirits, they're always thirsty. So water will attract the Trinka spirits and give them fresh sustenance to work for you. 
Spend another minute or two focusing on the picture, sound, and sensation of the money you're attracting coming to you. Really know that it's on its way. Kurt here. That's something I found in just about every one of these spells is you gotta believe it. If you're only going to half-ass these spells, fuck all is going to happen. You really have to believe it. You really, really got to say, and some of these you have to say it's already happened. I see myself winning the lotto. It's already happened. I already won the lotto. I've already bought that house that I have saved on my Zillow page that there's no possible way I could afford unless I won the lotto. You know, those kinds of things. You have to, it's already happened. Okay, let's continue on. Trink of five spells usually work quickly, but remember, the universe doesn't always run on our timing, so be patient. When you cast this spell, you have to know the magic is working for you. When fear or doubt come up, do this to keep aligned with the manifestation energy. Basically, you have to do the whole thing again, the whole trink of five, trink of five inch, you know, shaking the jar seven times. You have to do the whole thing over anytime you have fear or doubt about getting it. Then, take a deep breath. Remind yourself that the spirits are at work. Release the worry. Know your manifest or your magic will manifest. Know it. And that's the end of that one. A more in-depth Trinka 5 step. So this next money one. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to get to other ones too. But but for this next money one, it's it's fairly similar. You take some coins. You put them in a mason jar. You add a magnet, some mint, salt, cinnamon, and dry pepper, preferably cayenne pepper. And I got to say, this one already sounds tasty. I can imagine rubbing that on a nice baby back rib. You know what I'm saying? All right, it says uh, the mint, salt, and cinnamon are for money. The pepper is for speed. So you want to anoint the candle and hold it to you. I'm, I'm assuming that just means light the candle and hold it to you and imagine money coming into your hands. Imagine big bills. Now this one says, don't ask or plead or think of bad stuff. Just see that money coming from coming in from everywhere and all of your bills getting paid or whatever you want, that house getting bought, the cars being bought, you know, whatever you're, you know, want to buy. Then put the candle down. Oh, you don't light it. I don't know what they mean by anoint the candle because this next step says light it. I don't know what they mean by anoint the candle. So you guys are gonna have to tell me, but this is put the candle down, light it and say either of the chance, either of the chance while you shake your jar to the beat. Oh, all right, what's the, what's the chant? Do this until you feel hot all over, like the energy has been raised, and then end the chant by saying that the ener- by, sen- by sending out that energy into the universe. Say, ah, here we go. Here's the chant. Money, I command you, come to me as I will, so shall it be. Now, that's the end chant. I don't know what the other chant is. Interesting. But anyhow, it says ground center and walk away, leaving the candle lit. So this is another one. You have to have the candle lit until the candle is done. Now it says, I leave the candle lit all the time, but if you're uncomfortable with that, keep it lit as much as possible and blow it out when you aren't around. So again, it's another one of those things where immediate isn't as immediate as you think. You don't just do this spell and then, you know, you're going to get a knock on the door. Oh, what's that? Oh, I've won the, I've won the publisher's clearinghouse. Well, gee, thank you, whomever you are. No, it has to be once the candle is already burnt down to nothing. And again, those are big freaking candles. 
This money ain't coming to you by the weekend is what I'm saying. All right, the next money spell. Get a blank piece of paper and write down a, spe a specific denomination. I'm assuming they mean of money and not like religious denomination. Note, it says write down that number, but don't be ridiculous. You won't win the lottery. All right, fuck this one. I'm moving on. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll finish it for you. Uh, you won't win the lottery. Well, fuck you then. Uh, fold this paper into thirds and fold the sides in. Make this into an envelope shape. Already lost. I don't know how to fold paper into thirds to make it into an envelope shape. So I'm not going to be able to do this one. But if you can, put a coin inside. Any coin. Even a penny. Get a green candle. Carve a dollar sign into it. For Americans, I would assume. It's probably a pound sign for, you know, Europe. You know, whatever your denomination is, carve that symbol into it. Um, light the candle, and for at least 10 minutes, chant the names of the places the money needs to go. For example, rent, electric bill, gas, food, car payment. Okay, let me try that. House, old cars, bank account. Another cooler, older car. Toys. A pool for that house. Even more cars. Cheese. A vacation. Women. More cheese. Even more cooler, older cars. Another house. A vacation house. A boat. A bigger boat. All right, you know, you get the idea. Now you recite this over and over again until you feel that your desperate plea that you honestly feel has been put out to the universe. Then, tip the candle over and pour some wax onto the envelope you made, sealing it with the wax. While it's warm, put your fingerprint in the wax. Now you want to hide this somewhere where no one will accidentally find it. Don't send it to me. Please don't send it to me. Um, you have to really focus and be desperate. This one says you have to be desperate. You have to put that desperation into your chant. So... That's a more desperate plea for money. So if you're, you know, if you're into the whole desperate thing, that, that I suggest that one's for you. All right, this next suggestion that I found online is even easier. It says, for money, I simply ask cats and spiders for help. I'm going to read that to you again. Uh, for money, I simply ask cats and spiders for help. Why? Well, they said... Cats, because they spend so much time in the dream world and know the paths to get me what I need, and spiders to catch it and help me keep it. Okay, every time I see a cat or a spider, I'm going to be trying this now. I can tell you that. I can just ask a cat for something. I can't even get a cat to come over to me when I want to pet the damn thing, but it's going to give me money because it's spending time in the dream world? All right, I'm down with that one. That one I can do. I, that one seems to be my speed. I don't have to try and fold a piece of paper to make it look like an envelope. I just got to talk to a cat or a spider. Yeah, okay. I'm into that one. All right, this next one I don't really trust because it's not very specific at all. You, you'll see what I mean. It says, take green construction paper, cut it into a circle, and sew two pieces together to make a pouch. Stuff it with kitchen herbs for prosperity. Kurt here. Any herbs? Nothing specific. I've got like Lowry's season salt. Can I use that? How about, you know, like whenever you get like those really cheap herbs and spices rack, they always have like, you know, pizza blend. Can I use those herbs? Like be specific with your magic people. 
but it, it goes on. It says, then I took pennies and I glued them on the outside. I can't remember what I said, though. Oh, Kurt here. Good. Thanks for the directions. But they said it worked. If I, call, if I recall correctly, it led me to get a really great job by accident at a prestigious university. I'm sorry. You can't even recall if this spell got you a great job by accident at a prestigious university? Bullshit. This next one says, I use a crystal grid once, pyrite and clear quartz. I won money the next day. I think my intention was a key factor to it because I believed I would win the money being that I'd done the grid. Okay. Next one says, I made a prosperity bowl in early July that had really fast results. I used a small basket for the ingredients, mint, mint leaves, dried basil, star, anise, comfrey root, cinnamon, some spare change, a candle, a pen, and a piece of paper. I set the ingredients into the small basket one by one and thought about the intention of why I was including each of them into the spell. Mint and basil are green, symbolic for money. Lucky and basil attracts positivity. Basil, sorry. Comfrey is good for anti-theft. May not be as relevant for you, but I live in an area where theft has gone up substantially and I wanted to include this as a layer of protection for my, my possessions. Interesting. Star anise for good luck and cinnamon for prosperity. I added the loose change in the middle of the basket, lit the candle, and meditated, staring at the flame. I wrote down prosperity and success on a piece of paper and burned it in the candle flame. And that's it. That's all they did. Boom, money. And they said it was really fast results for that one. And those, most of that stuff, eh, half, at least half of that stuff, I even have in my kitchen. So that one's a possibility. Now, this next one, as soon as I had found it, and I found it a, a few months ago in prep for this uh, episode, it's just a mantra. And I like this mantra, so I started using it. Because, again, I, I just liked it. It says, I've been using a mantra in place of just one-time spell. Anytime I want, I say, happy, healthy, and wealthy. I repeat it to myself whenever I'm feeling insecure about any of those things, and I do believe that it's paying off. This is the person, not me. Albeit more slowly than simply coming into money, more like lifestyle elevations. Maybe it could help you as well. Yeah, I, and again, as soon as I read that, I was like, you know, I kind of like that that cool little mantra of happy, healthy, and wealthy. Because I'm, myself and Sean Bishop, we're big believers of you know, you look at the clock and it just happens to be 1111 or 111 or 222. Like you see the 1111 is definitely the one that seems to catch Sean and I the most. And so Sean is very big into positive manifest, positive manifestation. And I dig that about him. I think he's a very positive guy and he gets what he wants, in my opinion, because of the hard work that he does. He's an incredibly talented, talented guy Fucking love the guy, but he's relaying some of it to uh, this positive manifestation that he's doing. And so I was like, all right, well, you know what? I'll take your lead because, again, I love the guy. He's a brilliant guy, and he's he's getting stuff. So I was like, cool, I want to do that. So at 11.11, you know, if I look over at the, the clock and it's 11.11 or 3.33 or whatever, I used to, you know, I, I really want, there's a house that I really want on Zillow. I really, really want this house. I mean, it is the perfect house. And there's been many. It's those dream houses, again, that you can't really afford on Zillow, but I like to look at because, you know, that's how I like to torture myself. Um, 
so I've been like focusing, like I want this house, but instead lately I've changed it to happy, healthy, and wealthy and just envision that I own that house, that I have the money to buy that house. Again, I don't, I'm, I haven't, I'm not moving. I don't live in that house, but it definitely is a very positive mantra and a mantra and I really like it. So it, Again, if it works for you, phenomenal. But it helps me, even if it's just the whole positive part of it, positive aspect to it, it's really helping me. All righty. So these next ones are more like things to consider rather than actual spells. And they include like little simple things like burning a cinnamon stick will lure money to you. Cinnamon is also believed to help people in their efforts to find a job or get a raise. Because cinnamon attracts fortune, sprinkling some in your wallet is thought to be a quick money spell. I like that. That's pretty cool. And then here we go. This one is that negating that lucky number seven. It's the number eight. Are symbols for wealth. It's just, I'll, I'll read more about it in a minute. But other things that are good for wealth are symbols for wealth. Um, chamomile, basil, basil. Bay leaf, mint, cinnamon, clove, cedar, and thyme, which I've got a tea that I really love that has most of those in there. So, okay, wealth and good luck for me. Health, happy, healthy, and wealthy. Good crystals for this are pyrite, green adventurine, tiger's eye, and any other green stone. They say that uh, they suggest performing a money spell on a Thursday in the hour of Jupiter, juniper. No idea what juniper is. Um... It's, but the Thursday seems to be a, uh, a thing that a lot of people or that are experts in this are saying is the good time to do it. The southeast corner of a room is considered the wealth corner, according to Feng Shui. The second wealth or career corner, which protects you from losing your job, is in the north. Don't paint the north corner green, yellow, brown, pink, or skin colors. And don't paint the south corner blue, black, or skin colors. I don't know what they mean by skin colors. That seems kind of racist, but uh, I'll keep going. Now, the idea that whistling inside the house will lead you to a loss of money and bad luck is widely believed in Russia and the Baltic states. And don't do it if you're in someone else's house because you'll be whistling away their money. Interesting. You can whistle as much as you like outside, apparently. Some Chinese people believe that jade will protect them from harm. It's like a guardian. Another belief is that if a woman wears jade, she will marry a rich man. According to Feng Shui, re, uh, wearing a jade ring on the middle finger or little finger will bring wealth. Women should wear it on the right hand and men on the left. Oh, here's more about the number eight. Eight is considered among the luckiest numbers in Chinese culture. It sounds like fa in Chinese, which means wealth and fortune, which is why it's thought to bring affluence. Some numerologists argue that the importance of eight is actually balance. It balances the material and immaterial worlds. Some people in European countries believe that a cricket inside the house will bring with it wealth and fortune. I get one of those every year and don't have diddly squat. But according to the superstition, the best place to keep the insect is in the kitchen or near the heart if you're wearing a cricket ornament. Next one says, keep, keep coins in a jar, not joins in a car. If you can keep a join in a car, though, I suggest you do that too. Uh, keep coins in a jar if you keep the jar in the kitchen, it's supposed to bring prosperity and wealth into your home. For similar reasons, you should always have a penny in your pocket. This next one 
I don't buy, but I'll read it to you guys anyway. It says, just write a dollar sign on your hand every morning. Okay. It says, if you do this for 15 consecutive days, starting with the day of the new moon, it's supposed to get you an unexpected amount of money within a few days. Well, screw it. That seems pretty easy. I'll try that one. Next one says, finding a spider in your pocket. To me, that sounds terrifying, but it says... The superstition that a spider found on one's clothing brings money goes back to the 16th century. It's best if you find the spider in your pocket because this means you'll always have money or a smush spider in your pocket. A similar rule is to never kill a spider found in the house as you'll be killing your good luck and your fortune. A lucky penny is supposed to bring good person, uh, a person good luck. It's the whole find a penny, pick it up all the day long, you'll have good luck. Only if it's heads up. If it's tails up, it's bad luck. Uh, putting money in a purse or a wallet, especially if you gift it to another person, is widely practiced in Greece. The logic is simple. Money attracts money. A penny or a dime will do. There's no need to stash a fortune. And finally, no, not finally. There's more. I don't know why I said finally. There's a lot more, Kurt. Uh, next, finding bird poop on your property brings good luck and money. Okay, cool. Burying a St. Joseph statue, even if it's a plastic statue, will help you sell your home faster. So if that's something you want to do and they don't know where it came from and I couldn't find any place that it came from, any origin for it, but um, it said that the practice became wildly popular in the United States in the 1990s. I'd never heard this. But after the house is sold, you have to dig up the statue to keep it from changing owners again and again and again. Hammering coins into trees, uh, downed old trees with coins hammered into their bark a, are a popular site are popular site in some parts of the United Kingdom. Um, it's basically a tradition that will bring people wealth. They're called money trees. They have pagan origins. Uh, this next one, saying money when you see a shooting star. Instead of wishing on a shooting star, just say money just once or three times. But basically, you want to mumble money, money, money as quickly as you can before the star fades away and your wish may come true. Now I'm going to add this next one, but this is a, uh, this is a new section or, or, or it's a new thing in my podcast, not a section. It's the don't fucking do this. Just like don't shoot Bigfoot. Don't do this one either. This is a hell no part of the podcast. Smelling a vulture's brain. Using a vulture's brain as a way to get rich is a popular superstition in parts of Africa. And unfortunately, it's bringing the birds to the brink of extinction. Now, gamblers believe that smoking and inhaling a vulture's brain will make them have premonitions that will help them see winning lottery numbers, sports scores, and other future outcomes. No. Don't do that one. Don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. Don't smoke a vulture's brain. Alrighty, let's get move on, though. It's almost an hour into this. I haven't even gotten to the love spells. Well, I got those. Fair warning from the internet, though. Love spells come from a place of control and manipulation rather than love. These are unethical spells that have little to do with love and more to do with control. It's like dating me. Uh, let's see. The purpose of a honey jar is the most popular love spell. It's to sweeten someone's feelings towards you. They go on to say that the spell can be used romantically to attract you know, a person to you. But it's not limited to that kind of love. If you've fallen out of favor with your boss, this spell could help you. In fact, honey jars are very effective forms of defensive magic too, 
when anyone is conjuring anger or resentment towards you because the spell can soften negative feelings, basically, and turn enemies into friends. All right, here's how you do a honey jar spell. Step one, you choose a container. There are many methods to cho choosing a container. Most contemporary things say a mason jar, but anything with a proper lid, basically. Two, create a totem. Now, this is whoever you're casting the spell for. You'll need to create a totem of that person. So, obviously, if you have a photo, use a photo because you don't want to do a really bad drawing and then this really bad drawing-faced person comes at you. But uh, they said you can make a simple petition on the paper. Just write their full name an odd number of times. At least three, but not more than nine. Usually works well. So, basically, three, five, seven, or nine. Then you rotate the page 90 degrees clockwise and write your full name over theirs the same number of times. You can combine the two and write a petition paper on the picture. They're basically saying you can do as much of this as you want. If you just have a picture, that's great. If you just have the petition paper, just follow those rules perfectly. Step three, prepare the jar. You take your picture or that petition paper, you roll it up, you stick it in the in the jar, then you fill the jar with apple and honey and then close it. Uh, let's see, cast your spell. You have to have, you have to choose an appropriate time for your spell. You can always perform the magic at your own convenience, but if you can align it with the planets, especially like full moons, these are the best time to cast a spell. New moons, close second. If you have the, if Venus is out, there you go, because Venus is very charming and disarming. And if you uh, cast your spell while Venus is visible in the sky or just before, uh, like just before dawn or after dusk, when you could see Venus in the sky, even better. Then they say, create a sacred circle by honoring the four directions and invite your guides, guardians, and allies to join you. You light a candle on top of the honey jar or prop it up inside the bowl or honey or whatever. Uh, you, you should be choosing pink or white candles. Meditate upon the candle flame, visualizing your intended targets, sweetening their attitude towards you, imagining how such a situation could manifest and how wonderful that outcome would be. The longer you focus your attention on the candle flame with that intent in mind, the more the fire will charge with your energy. But again, you have to be focused. You can't go like, oh my God, I'd really like Katie LeClaire. Why won't, uh, and, and oh, Anna Kendrick is pretty hot too. And you know, speaking of hot girls, have you seen that redhead that's on the ball? No, you got to be focused. You got to stay focused while doing it. And you can't be like, oh, well. Ooh, what am I going to get to eat tonight? Pizza sounds kind of, ah, it's a lot of carbs. No, you got to stay focused. That's the intent. Stay focused. All righty. To complete your ceremony, you let the candle burn out on its own, allowing the melted wax to seal your container. Then you set the jar on your altar. Apparently you have to have an altar. Didn't tell me that anywhere before that. For at least seven days, ideally meditating and praying on the jar at the same time each of those days. That's it. That's it. There you go. And that'll manifest your thing. So there you go. That's your first love spell. They say that you should traditionally see a sign after three days, but real movement after three weeks and completion after three months. Oof. All right. How about two different love honey jar spells? All right. 
First thing, get a pentagram necklace. Put your pictures on a table and her favorite candle. How you know that? I don't know. I guess if you're going to be a stalker of these people anyway, you probably have some more information that you should have than you should have. But uh, so let's see. You take the jar, use an old card from Valentine's Day that she had written how much she loves. What the fuck? And uh, write my wishes on the other side of that card. Sounds like this person's already with you. Take it, take it down a notch. I put it on the bottom of the jar together with a bracelet. That's the pentagram. Locking a hairband a hairband around it as well. Man, you really got to steal a lot from this person. Then I bought a fresh rose. I picked the rose petals off and I put it in the jar. I smashed two cinnamon sticks. I filled the jar with honey and I put the cinnamon on top. Sealed the jar, lit a pink candle on top of it and let the candle drip the jar shut. I then focused my mental and sexual energy into the fire for 10 minutes. Oof, that's, that's exhausting. And then I pinched my fire and put it out. I then repeated the candle and dripping with the energy focused on that Saturday night. Basically, they just did it again and again and again. Okay, the next one is an apple spell. And they said, get the most red apple you can find. The most red apple ever, people. Uh, cut it in half from side to side, not top to bottom. Take the seeds out. Uh, rip two pieces of paper in a heart shape and put her name and birth date on it. Okay, Kurt here. I don't even know my friend's birthdays without Facebook reminding me. How the hell am I supposed to know her birthday? But let's continue on. Um, on one paper, on one paper and the same with my, oh, okay. So on one paper, you put her birthday and name on there. The other per, uh, on the other piece of paper, your name and your birthday. Hopefully you know those. Then take some honey, smash cinnamon, and put the paper on each apple half. Ooh, that part sounds delicious. Uh, join the apple halves together and put two needles in it to keep them together. One silver needle head and one golden for the sun and the moon. <laughs> okay. Thank God I have an abundance of silver and gold needles just laying around my house for this spell. I put the apple in the oven and I forged the apple. Kurt here. Relax, forged in fire. You're baking an apple. You're not forging one with an anvil and hammer. Like, come on. You baked an apple in the oven. Then... I put the apple in a bag and I buried the apple close to her home in the forest where it will never be found. Okay. Say you're not dating some old-timey forest wench. How the hell am I going to bury an apple in an apartment complex out here in L.A.? Those things are huge and all cement. But, oh, is that it? That's it. That's it. That's, that's the whole spell. So if you guys have the ability to do all of these things, that one's pretty easy. You just got to, you know, bake an apple throw some silver and gold needles in there, put her name and birthdays in there, your name and birthdays in there when that baked apple, but don't eat it. It's going to take, it's going to smell fantastic because the whole cinnamon and honey, but don't eat it. Throw it in a bag and bury it in the forest by your house. Sure. All right. All right. Let's keep going on. Uh, for the honey or sweetening spells, I did find some stuff, some tips as well. It says it depends on what type of sweetener you use. Sugar works quickly but it's not as powerful. Honey takes a long time, but it gives you a stronger result. Finally, they said honey jars expect six months before you start seeing real results. Okay. Even more spells. How about a cleansing ritual? Here's what you'll need. A cinnamon stick, a crystal, candle, Paper and pen. Here's how you do it. Before you begin, you write down on a piece of paper 
something you're ready to release, some negative force in your life that needs to be burned away. Fold it up, put it in front of you. Light your candle, and from that, your cinnamon stick. So both will be lit. You want to trace the lines of your body over your head, around the arms, down the length of your body with the smoke. Oh, okay, not, not with fire. Let's be very clear about that. You want to trace the lines of your body with the smoke of the cinnamon stick, not the fire. Um, it says you may have to light a few times. Don't worry, that happens a lot. Cinnamon is great for burning stuff up. It is spicy and warming just like you want. Put your cinnamon stick down in something like an ashtray on the side of your candle in an incense burner, whatever you got, basically. Close your eyes or stare into the flame of the candle and try to slow your mind. Try to empty your mind. Clear your mind. Take three deep breaths, breathing into the belly, taking in as much air as you can and releasing it. All right. Imagine what it would be like to release this negative energy. Imagine it as a black cloud of smoke rising from inside of your body up into the air, out past the earth and into space. Oh, kind of like, you know, like demons. If you ever watch the TV show Supernatural or like the monster in Lost. You want to do this over and over again until it feels real. Then burn that little piece of paper and be done with it because you don't need it anymore. That is a very simple but a very popular cleansing spell. In fact, they, they say to do that for just about anything that's stressing you out. It's kind of why I like these things. It, it really is because, you know, it's all these little things that start stressing you out. They start adding up to the point where like every morning or every Monday morning when I wake up for a new week of work, within like 30 minutes, I'm like, fuck it. I'm done with this for the day. I've just, I'm already burnt out in like 35 minutes, which I should be relaxed because of the weekend. But if you don't let this stuff go, it just keeps compounding and you don't need that kind of crap. You don't need that negativity. So I, I, I say, yeah, try this cleansing ritual. There's not a lot to it. I think it's pretty easy actually. This next one is called a freezer spell. And it says freezer spells are great for these kinds of situations. Like unlike a banishing spell, you can basically specifically target a negative behavior, including, you know, a person or whatever. You simply write their name down, the behavior or influence you wish to address, stick said paper in the back of your freezer and it'll slow down the negative behavior or influence or person or anger from your significant other or person or boss without banishing them entirely. So if you don't want to get rid of your significant other or your boss or whatever, but there's a lot of negativity coming to you, try this. It's just called a freezer spell. Write their name down and the behavior or influence you wish to address. Stick that paper in the back of your freezer Hope they don't find it because then they're going to really be pissed at you. But uh, that's all there is to that one. All right. The next one is called a happiness spell. This one is intense. Every day. And it even says, yes, every day. That's the only way that it'll work. Every day. Take a moment and say to yourself, I am blessed and I have everything I need. The God and the goddess or whoever are smiling upon me. My life is full of abundance. Okay. And be grateful for the little things. I can kind of get behind that. It's a little bit too religious-y for me, but I can get behind that. 
Then they say, take care of something. Get a plant and pour some love into that. Talk to it. Tell it that it's a good plant. It helps project positivity outwards. Kurt here. Then when it dies, know that you will never be happy and even a plant didn't want to live with you. It's a very simple happiness spell. That's all there is to it. But seriously, I can't keep a plant alive. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. Um, then, each night for three days, light a candle. White is best. Green for abundance. Meditate on it. Think about why you want to be happy. Yeah, why do you want to be happy? Come on, people. Be miserable like the rest of us. What do you need to let go of? Negativity, paranoia, self-doubt, whatever. All of the above. This is a really, really hard because you need to take a long, hard look at yourself and see what behaviors are making you unhappy. And you will have to do this repeated every day. Then, the new moon. Focus on letting go of what is bad in your life. Maybe clean. Clutter doesn't help. I don't know. During the waxing moon, do the same thing with a candle, but this time draw things in it. What do you want? Visualize yourself happy and smiling. What do you have? New friends, new haircut, new job, whatever you want. Next, on the full moon, you get to celebrate. Doesn't matter how shitty your month was, and if nothing happened, you didn't get any of your goals, doesn't matter. That's your time to party. So at least you get a party at the end of this thing, and then you complete this cycle as many times as you need. All right, I like that. I kind of like that one. I got a little preachy at the beginning, but it's fine. All righty. Now for the one that you guys have really been waiting for, bringing back someone from the dead spell. Shockingly, this one is really easy. It's three steps. Step one, dig up your buried loved one. Done and done. Step two, rebury them in your local pet cemetery that was built on an old cursed Indian burial ground. Step three, wait for them to come back home. <laughs> now that one sounds easy enough to me. So yeah. I'm going to try that one. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, just in case you guys are weird and happy and healthy and wealthy already, I guess, fuck you. No, I guess good on you. But I want to make sure you get something out of this episode too. Because I don't want you to be like, I listened to this entire episode and I got fuck all from it. I've already got all the money and all the women or the people or the girls and the boys, whatever you're into. There's no kink shame in both, all of them, everything, whatever. You've already got it, but I want you to get something out of this too. So, here is a wiki how on how to put a curse on someone. That's right. I went to wikihow.com and found how do you put a curse on someone. Step one, prepare for the curse. Beware of the possible outcomes. If your curse is successful, it could significantly affect your target's life, even leading to death. Step two. Know that it could come back to you. It's a popular belief among witches that curses are unethical and as a result will return to the cursor in the same form they've been given, sometimes threefold. Cool. Step three. Have you thought about forgiving and moving on? Fuck no. Let's move on to this next step. Step four. Set your intentions. If you decide you want to move forward with the curse, sit down and carefully think about what you want to happen. Having a clear sense of what you want to happen as you work through every stage of your curse will make it more effective. Step five, protect yourself. Before putting a curse on someone, make sure that you protected yourself with the protection spell and or an amulet, you know, if you got one, 
If the person you're cursing also practices magic, it's possible your curse will bounce back on you. All righty, and then you got to gather your materials. First one, glass jar. Second one, a poppet. Basically, it's a doll that bears a resemblance to the target you want to curse. Including a photograph, some of his or her hair, a piece of paper with his or her name on it. If you collect hair or nail clippings from your target, be sure that you do this without being noticed. You know, I think that's a fair statement in any, no matter what this episode was about, that's a fair statement. Um, you could risk getting into trouble. Uh, if you use a photograph, write their name on it legibly in either red or black ink. If you choose to write your target's name down and include it in the jar, use the name they, they identify with as opposed to their full name. You all know what that means. I don't have to go into it. Next, collect objects to use as mediums. A medium refers to the substance through which you will transmit your bad energy. Any of the following items will serve as strong mediums. Rusty nails, thumbtacks, sharp objects, red pepper flakes, whole red pepper pods, vinegar, rose thorns, a match, poisonous plants, urine. And it says in quotations right after that, your own urine. Uh, graveyard soil. Sure, why not? Then put together the curse jar. Clean the jar thoroughly with hot soapy water. It's wash a jar, basically. I don't have to go into that detail. Remind yourself of the intention. As you add things into your curse jar, stay focused on your target and what you want to happen to them. Step three, place the poppet in a jar. Oh, here's an important one. Note, you are not allowed to use a curse against Kurt or anyone related to Kurt or that Kurt has ever met. That's a good one to know. Put the poppet in the jar. If you have the victim's hair, you may choose to wind it around the neck of the doll. Step four, add the medium to the jar. Remember, that's the nail or match or whatever. Remember to focus on your intentions as you do this. Step five, seal the jar tightly. Before you seal it, though, make sure there is nothing else you want to add to it because after it's closed, you cannot reopen it because it'll lose its power. Step six, seal the lid with wax. If you have black or red candles, they're preferable. To make it extra powerful, you can use a pin or other sharp point to carve your target's name into the candle before uh, melting it. Step seven, shake the jar. Do this while continuing to think angry thoughts about your target. Step eight, hide the jar in a dark place. You can hide the jar at your own home, but hiding it somewhere else close to your target will be even more effective. If you do hide it close to your target, hide it extra well so that it will not be found. You can bury it as well. Step nine, be patient. Your curse could take days or even months to take effect. Uh, if your target, if it's, if time has gone by and you think it hasn't worked, your target might be protected by a protection spell or amulet. So want, want, and, uh, that's it. That's it. Oh my God. That was it. There you go. That is how you throw a curse onto somebody. So yeah, there you go. Spells for just about everything you want in life and more. All right. Here's my question. It's question time. We've reached that part of the episode is question time. Have you ever tried actually casting a spell? That's, that's the question. Have you ever cast a spell? Did it work? Do you regret it? Did you get the actual intended results that you wanted? Or like the whole like dickhead genie in a bottle thing, was there like a cost? Was there a catch? All right. Well, 
Hope you guys like this one. I know it was a little bit different, but I wanted to do this one again because I have not found a podcast that taught you how to do spells. So I figured why the hell won't it? Why shouldn't it be my podcast then? Hope you guys like this one. Once again, um, just remember you could really fuck up a spell easily. So make sure it's something that you really, really want. Uh, have good intentions. For me, honestly, I think the takeaway from this should be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Honestly, just have that mantra. It's a good mantra. It's a nice mantra. It's a harmless mantra. But with that, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. He flew, he flew, he flew.